I have a huge respect for women that have the confidence to put themselves out there in that way to be a bikini model or to take photos in less clothing than I might or someone else might wear in front of a car. I mean, that that takes a lot of confidence. So I have a huge respect for that. That wasn't necessarily the direction that I wanted to go. I wanted to be known and respected and liked for who I am, not what I could look like or what I might look like or what I'm going to represent in this photo or this photoshopped picture. I want to be liked for me. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries, a community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Femcanics, I want to hear from you and get your feedback. Text me what your favorite episode is, how I could improve the podcast, what products would you like to see, but most importantly, I just want to connect with you. Text me at 614-953-6380. Again, that's 614-953-6380. I receive each message directly, and I'm excited to hear from you. Go on, press pause, and save my number, 614-953-6380. Christy Lee is in the driver's seat today. Well, I'm not sure an introduction is really needed. Her bio reads like a sizzle reel, and she's arguably one of the most famous women in the automotive industry. She's appeared on ESPN, ABC, Speed, Fox Sports 1, Motor Trend, and NBC Sports, either as a pit reporter, analyst, host, or leading the broadcast. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello, Femcanics. This is Jamie B coming to you, and I have Christy Lee in the driver's seat today. How are you doing today, Christy? Hey, hey, hey. I'm, I'm doing pretty darn good. How about you? I am doing well, and I, we'll just put it out there because literally in the little pre-interview that we had, we talk about the glamorous lifestyle or not so glamorous lifestyle of TV, and here you are. You're sitting in your truck taking this interview right now, and I love it. <laughs> You said in the driver's seat. I'm I'm literally in the driver's seat. <laughs> right, right. See, this is next level right here of taking things literally. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So I have to be honest with you, and I told you a little bit about this. I was nervous reaching out to you. I had an opportunity to meet you in person on the All Girls Garage set. Um, my day job is I work at Safelight Autoglass, and uh, Safelight was featured on one of the episodes last year. So I had an opportunity to meet uh, you, Faye, and Bogey there, which was super cool. So I got to kind of see a little behind the scenes, so to speak, of how those episodes are shot, which is really cool. But at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, man, 
you're probably crazy busy because I, I see all these posts with all these different shows and different things you're doing. I'm like, how do you fit this in? Well, folks, this is how Christy Lee fits it in. <laughs> she takes the call in her truck and gets gets things done because uh, you want to make it a priority to be able to connect and reach out to women that ultimately you may mentor or be a role model for girls. And that's the Femcanic Garage target market, really. So thanks for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. No thanks needed. But um, if, if I wither away from starvation, uh, I'm going to blame it on you because I'm watching the crew eat lunch right now. And I'm just like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Yeah, yeah. That damn Jamie. <laughs> Actually, let's get this shit done. <laughs> no, it's okay. I had a donut about an hour ago. So I think I'm good. <laughs> and there you have it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, no thanks needed. Um, I'm glad to be here. Um, you know, I think there's a, there's a vast presence of women, not only in uh, the TV industry, but the automotive TV industry and just automotive in general that are not only working in the trades industry that are working like yourself in an automotive related field, um, or women that just are automotive enthusiasts or motorsports enthusiasts. And, you know, I think that it's really awesome to be able to connect with them on any level, whether it be a podcast, social media, in person, however it may be. So, uh, you know, I don't want to come out and say that I'm super partial to the females in our industry, but I am. Sorry, boys. <laughs> so, so I'm here. I'm, I'm glad to be part of this. Thanks, thanks so much for having me. I mentioned before that I went through and I'm like, okay, as a podcast interviewer and host, I do my homework ahead of time to figure out, okay, what direction do I want to take this interview? So I went out there and researched you like I do all of my other guests. Uh, a lot of the other guests will fill out a pre-interview form because not all of them have their very own website that lays it all out for me. So I went out and what I noticed is, is literally your career reads like a sizzle reel. It's just, wow. It's like, Anyone who has a love for automotive or motorsports, dirt bikes, motorcycles, you name it, it's like, damn, I would love to do some of the things that Christy Lee has done. And it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, I don't want to talk about how you ended up where you are right now, if I'm being perfectly honest. Anyone, I'll include a link to your website and they can go read about that. It is well documented everywhere. <laughs> what I'm interested in is humanizing you, helping people realize for myself and for the other women that listen to this, that we all wear crowns, right? As women, we are all wearing crowns. And that's what I would like to spend a little bit of time doing. There's a couple things that I noticed. One, I went and searched. You do not have any scandalous or half-naked pictures anywhere. And I imagine that is very intentional because on your homepage, literally in part of your main mission, you call out that you want to be a role model for girls. Can you talk a little bit about that? It seems like something you are very passionate about. Definitely. I mean, you know, one of the first things I'll say is that I never envisioned myself as being someone who would be a role model um, and not in a negative way. I mean that in like a positive way. Like, you know, I had what I feel like it's a pretty normal upbringing. Um, my dad was a mechanic. My mom was a teacher. I grew up in, you know, backwoods, central Florida, and I, I didn't have like a, a special upbringing by any means, pretty normal. And 
you know, I never, 20 years ago, if you'd asked me if I was going to be a role model or someone that women or young girls looked up to, like that's never a role that I saw myself in. I'm super honored to be in that role. I'm grateful for it. I'm glad that I can relate and help other women in any way, young girls. Yeah, that's, that's not a pair of shoes I ever thought I'd be wearing. Um, and as far as like, you know, my image and the, the positive image that I want to portray and create and represent, um, you know, I was in dance my entire life. So like from like a young age all the way up through college. Um, and I even worked as a professional dancer, NBA, indoor soccer league, all that stuff. So we don't need to get into all my history, but, um, you know, wearing small clothing and tight stuff and midriffs and sparkly suits and all that. I mean, that kind of comes with the territory with dance. It's just how it goes. Absolutely. And yeah. And I mean, that wasn't necessarily the direction that I wanted to go with my image and my career. I have a huge respect for women that have the confidence to put themselves out there in that way to be a bikini model or to take photos in, in a bikini or less clothing than I might, or someone else might wear in front of a car. I mean, that takes, that takes a lot of confidence. Like you don't just put photos out there for the fun of it. Like, (laughs) so I have a huge respect for that. You know, that wasn't necessarily the direction that I wanted to go. I wanted to be known and respected and liked for who I am, not what I could look like or what I might look like or what I'm going to represent in this photo or this photoshopped picture. Like I just, I want to be liked for me. And one thing that I've stood by the most, my, not only my entire life, but most definitely my entire professional career in any capacity is that I'm me all the time. I'm the same person on this podcast. I'm the same person on the TV show. I'm the same person on the TV set. I'm the same person in my backyard hanging out at a bonfire. I honestly don't know how to be anything but me. Like, I don't know how to do it. (laughs) I'm not good at, at pretending that. So I've stood by that my entire career. And I think that's what's put me in the role of being a role model for other girls is that mm-hmm. that genuine feel. That's very well put. I do my homework because I, I have a 12-year-old daughter and she is coming into her own. And I know she goes and looks up what mom's doing with this podcast. They help me with Femcanic Garage stuff. <laughs> and she may even go as far as like, okay, my mom interviewed this woman, I'm going to go look up this woman. And if she does that, that woman is an extension of what I would hope my daughter could look at and figure out that you can be a strong, powerful woman without over-sexualizing yourself. And, And don't get me wrong, Chrissy. Femininity and your sexuality as women, embrace it, love it, absolutely. I just, for Femcan at Garage, I don't want that to be the first thing, if that makes sense. And I notice you're, you're in jeans, t-shirt, and like what you said, what you see is what you get. Not that you won't throw on the dress every now and then, but that's the one thing that I noticed about your brand and image. And I have such respect for it because being in the industry that you're in, I imagine at some point, different times, maybe you have been approached to wear 
different things or present your way in certain ways. Have you ever ran into that? When I kind of started out in what I would say is like the quote unquote entertainment industry, like I started with, with dance and a quick segue to that. Um, I worked at a dance studio and like a lot of us would do dance gigs and we would also do like modeling or brand ambassador kind of types of gigs. And I mean, a lot of times like you're expected to wear like a cute cocktail dress and go wear some heels and like do the big hair and big makeup and all that. And I mean, I did that stuff and I made good money doing it. Um, I did some modeling stuff, you know, and I've done like, like I've done bikini modeling. I've done all that stuff. I mean, I want a contest at a radio station to be like the face of the radio station. And like one of the photos we did that they made a poster out of was like me in a bikini holding a guitar. I mean, like, I'm not going to pretend that I didn't do that stuff and that I, that I didn't have that path and that that path didn't help me get to where I'm at now because it shaped me into who I knew I wanted to be. So I knew right away after doing some jobs like that and, you know, getting my face out there more, getting more experience, growing my brand was part of it. But I just knew that that wasn't the direction I wanted to go. And again, in no way, shape or form, am I knocking the women that choose to take that path and go that direction, like more power to them. I mean, I can drink a lot more beer and eat a lot more pizza if I don't wear a bikini. And I'm totally okay with that. (laughs) I knew right away. I'm like, look, I'm not going to be the girl that's going to work at this like pristine physique all the time so that I can look amazing in a bikini. And like I said, more power to the girls that do. I like food and I like beer. So it's better if I just wear jeans and sneakers. <laughs> so that's kind of like that point where I knew like, you know, this is, this isn't me. Like I'm, I've always been a tomboy. Don't get me wrong. Like there's nothing like throwing on a cute dress and a nice pair of heels and doing your hair and makeup and feeling like a really pretty woman. But like most of the time I kind of just like to bum around in jeans and sneakers or sweatpants and a hoodie. So that's more like who I am. And, you know, having those kinds of jobs early in my career really allowed me to be able to kind of decide and depict the path that I wanted to go. And that kind of shaped who I am now both personally and professionally. I'm glad you're talking about this because this this is an interesting topic that there's kind of two sides of the camp on this, right? Where it's, you know, the girls on the hoods, so to speak, and then there's the girls under the hoods or in the driver's seat, right? And you bring a nice balance to it where, hey, yes, I did do that. I experienced it, but it also taught me what it is I really want. It's a beautiful side of both sides of the coin. And I mean, when I started out in my career, you know, I was in my early 20s. And I think for a lot of people, and especially for a lot of women at that time in their life, you know, you're, you're kind of figuring out who you are. And some of the figuring out that I needed to do happened to be part of my career. So it was all kind of part of the deal was just like figuring out the path I want to go, figuring out the direction I want to go in and, and kind of finding ways to find the jobs that I wanted instead of just taking the jobs that were there. (laughs) Right, right. So I'm curious, Chrissy, your career path is not a dime in dozen, 
I, I'm a project program manager. Those are a dime a dozen. You, you can find that on any and easily on LinkedIn or you, you name it. The career path that you took, I imagine there's been a lot of twists and turns and ups and downs and challenges. Is that the case or has it been pretty smooth sailing? I've honestly, I've had a lot of jobs in my lifetime. Like I've had a lot of different jobs. I've been a waitress. I was a real estate investor. I was a dance fitness instructor. Um, I'm a TV host now. Like I've done a lot of that. I was a radio DJ. Like I've done a lot of different things. And I mean, there's always room to do more. Gosh, I worked at an insurance office too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like the more I think about it, the more crazy jobs I've had. But Quite multifaceted there. <laughs> there's quite the range. Yeah. Like I've had a lot of different jobs. Like I've always been, I've always been a worker. Like, I've always considered myself to be a worker. I, I just, I don't know if I'm a workaholic because I, I, I hate calling myself that, um, but I probably am because I, I work a lot. Um, but yeah, I've had a lot of different jobs and my career path has changed a lot over like the you know past 20 years of my life. Not to get into my entire life story, but the long and short of it is when I was younger, I grew up in Central Florida. It's Disney Haven. And I was always really involved in theater and drama and drama club. And I wanted to be an actress. Like that's what I wanted to do when I was a young kid. So I went to like acting and modeling school. I went to theater. I was in drama. I did lots of plays. I was into all that stuff. And I was probably like, I don't know, nine, 10, 11 age maybe. And I mean, I shot my first pilot TV show when I was like 10 and I got shot down. And then I, then I wanted out because I was like, this is so hard. Like, this is such a hard thing to do when you're a kid. And the competition was so fierce being close to something like Disney in Central Florida. There was tons of child actors. So I got out of it. I never looked back at like wanting to be in front of a camera again until years, years later. And like I said, I was working as a dancer at a dance studio. I was doing like, you know, dance gigs and teaching and fitness and that kind of stuff. and. I wanted an opportunity to do something different. And this radio station was holding a contest. And so I applied to be a contestant and I won the contest. And not only did I win like a $40,000 yearly salary, but I also won the spot as the afternoon drive um, traffic sports and weather reporter on the radio station, which was like kind of a big deal, like to be able to be on air you know, like for a couple minutes a day during the afternoon peak drive. And that was like part of it. So, I mean, I made the most out of that role for sure. And I knew right away, like I loved it and I thought I was pretty good at it. And I was like, man, this is what I want to do. I want to do broadcasting. And then with that job in radio, I had the joke with people all the time of like, Hey, you don't really have the face for radio. So you should probably do stuff in front of the camera and not behind a microphone. (laughs) And I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand. What do you mean? And then I started doing like camera work for the radio station. And then I was just like, wait a minute. I really like this. And I really liked reporting. So I liked interviewing someone and telling a story. I was, I was pretty good at it. And that's what I was like, I want, this is what I want to do. And at the time I was heavily involved in motorsports and motorcycle racing and motorcycling myself. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a motorsports pit reporter. And that's what I pursued. And I mean, I started out like as grassroots as grassroots can get. I mean, some of the stuff that I covered just to create my own like, you know, real, my own demo reel 
like, oh my gosh. I mean, I covered like skateboarding in a parking lot. It was like me and a guy with like a, like a tripod camera. And I'm just like there <laughs> reporting the live action. You know what I mean? Like anything, anything to get any sort of video time that I could get on a reel and send it to people. And at that time I was doing cold solicitations, emails, tons of emails every day, soliciting myself to like different agencies and different broadcasters. I went in and auditioned to be a traffic reporter on channel four in Detroit, which is like an 11 in the market, which was like way out of my league without a like broadcasting degree. But I went in there and I auditioned for the job and I almost got it (laughs) (laughs) because I was that, I was that much of a hound to like make it in this industry. And then I started going to motorsports events and I started like getting to know the right people. And I started talking, I managed to get FaceTime, like actually in the TV trailer with the speed TV crew at the motorcycle races. And I was like, this is it. This is my in, like, this is my break. Like I got FaceTime with these guys. And then I like ended up reaching out to another company and convinced them to hire me to come out to the motorcycle races and pay me to do like video content for them. They'd never met me in their life and they hired me, paid me, flew me out and had me do videos at the track. And that's kind of where my quote unquote TV career really started as I was doing YouTube interviews for AMA Pro Racing at the racetrack and then for On the Throttle TV. And then like, I just kept adding more and more to my resume from there. And that's, that's like my background. What do you think your biggest challenge was going through that? Going through all of that, um, man, the biggest challenge was holding myself accountable and keeping my own personal drive alive. So all of, through all of that, you know, I'm not working for one person. I'm essentially freelancing. I didn't have an agent or a manager or a big time entertainment lawyer. I didn't have anybody like holding me accountable. Like I haven't had really like a devoted agent through my entire career. Like just now in the past two years, I've been working with an agent on projects and having someone help me. But even now to this day, I don't have like a full-time agent that oversees everything I do. So holding myself accountable, it's hard. It's really hard because how do you do Nobody's it? looking after me. I mean, I don't know. It's like my own personal drive for mm-hmm. success. And I think a lot of people in television specifically might have a certain drive for the fame or the fortune, or maybe for both or whatever it might be. And, and what drives me more than anything is my own personal success is I want to be the best that I can be. And I know right now I can sit here in the driver's seat of my truck and tell you like, there's more to come because I know I can, I know I can be more, I know I can do better. And that's really what gets me through every day. It's just that constant drive, just, just to to do better, like to, to do more, to be better and stay on top of things. What's, what's been the hardest thing is, is keeping that drive going. I mean, I have my own personal ups and downs, my own personal struggles, And, you know, it's hard sometimes it's hard sometimes. And there's times where I want to give up, where I want to say, you know what, all this stress, all this work, is is it really worth it? Like, would it, would it be easier for me to just hire an agent and have them call me when a job comes my way? And then I just sit around for six months until I hear from them again. I don't know. Cause I haven't done that. So I'm just out there like 
literally busting my ass <laughs> all the time. And like, you know, keeping that a game in check has been, has been a big challenge for me. It really has. So <laughs> I started typing into Google your name and you know how Google suggests things like search topics. Do you know what one of the top search topics are for your name? Is it uh, Christy Lee net worth and Christy Lee married? I, yeah, yeah. People are. It was married <laughs> first and then net worth. I'm like, what the hell? Like, people want to know about your personal, intimate dating life. <laughs> like, so also be careful with typing Christy Lee into Google because apparently. There's a Christy Lee, like, I think it's like either K-H-R-I-S-T-Y or C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E, like a different spelling of Christy Lee that is um, also a porn star. (laughs) 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 So make sure you... Make sure you spell it right or has done some, like, uh, uh, interesting things. <laughs> and I've had, like, people bring that up and ask me before. And I'm like, whoa, I'm going to stop you there. How did you spell my name, first of all? Second of all, that's definitely not me. <laughs> so, like. You said you had a lot of different jobs, Christy. <laughs> No, thank you. (laughs) I mean, I think I told you, like, the biggest skeleton in my closet was literally, like, a bikini poster. Like, that's, (laughs) that's my, that's my skeleton. (laughs) Oh, um, my gosh. That's hilarious. No offense to porn star Christy Lee. Like, good for her. That's her her (laughs) path. That's what she wants to do. I will not knock someone for doing what they want to do. Hopefully that makes her happy. That's not for me. I'm good. I'll just stay in in my sandbox and she just can stay in hers. <laughs> Christy, Christy Lee porn star. Like yeah, I'll just stay yeah. over here. <laughs> you just do that, what you want to do and I'll That's probably do what I wanna do. Is that an ongoing joke with you and your friends? Um, it has been before. Yeah. It has been. And honestly, like honestly now, especially in TV and automotive, like I my name and my brand has become a lot more established than when I first started out. So I don't really, I don't really get that much more. And I have great things like a website and like social media where when you look my name up, you see the actual picture of me. And then that links directly to like a link to my website or to my Instagram page or whatever. So I don't really get that problem as much anymore as when I was like first starting out and I'd get, you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, we looked up your page and whoa. And I'm like, that is, she has brown hair. So like, and doesn't look anything like me. So that like, obviously that's not me, <laughs> but I'm glad that you thought that was, but it's not. Let me clear that up for you. Yeah. Let me take care of that. Yeah. Like, let me just clear that up. <laughs> so as a mother, and I sit there and think about like your schedule And it's not like you go to one location and do all the taping. You literally have to fly all over the country, depending on where the taping is happening. And as a mother, have, have you ever thought about having children? Have you ever, is it some folks just never wanted to have children? Is it something you'd ever thought about? (laughs) Um, I'm kind of like a fly by the seat of my pants type of person in Mm -hmm. all facets of my life. And I've always looked at having children 
as if it's something that happens in my lifetime, like I would fully embrace it, but I don't think that it would necessarily make or break me or my life as a whole. So like if I didn't have children, it wouldn't ruin my life. You know, I think that having children would enhance my life. I guess what I'm saying is I'm kind of indifferent. Like I don't know where my life is going to take me. And if that opportunity does present itself, I can say that like it hasn't because of my travel. So having a child right now, or even in the past like 10 years with what I do professionally, I would have to change everything I do in my career drastically because it it just doesn't work. You know, I'm, I'm traveling constantly. I also, I also know that I'm kind of wired funny (laughs) and people have told me this before that they're like, I don't know how you do this and like how you travel all over and do all these crazy jobs and like, you're never home and you're always on the go. And I'm like, I don't know how I do it either. So I guess I'm just wired that way. So, I mean, like I would have to change, I would have to change a lot in my professional career, in the scope of work and the things that I'm doing in order to accommodate raising a family. And me personally, I want to find a little bit more rooted stability in my career with the projects that I have before Mm -hmm. I think that I could safely take a step back for a year or two to have a child and come back and things would be the same. Like if that yeah. makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And I, I I love that you're willing to talk about that because it's a different conversation for women versus men in your industry and other industries, right? When you think about TV, a Absolutely. man's wife can have a child and he can be back to work. And I think that, you know, something that we mentioned before in the kind of pre-discussions we had uh, before you started recording the podcast was, you know, how it's different for women in general. And it, it is, it is different for women for that exact reason. And especially, especially in television, in the limelight, like if I was say to get pregnant right now, like there's no hiding that. And if, if I was a betting woman, I would say that with my luck, I would not be one of those super cute girls that like gains 25 pounds during the nine month term of their pregnancy. And it looks like they're bloated. And then a week later they have a baby. I would be the girl that would look like a walking water Buffalo, like three weeks in and probably be like, Oh, I didn't even know I was pregnant. What's this huge thing. (laughs) Like that would be me. So I would be the girl with the giant cankles that couldn't fit into anything and literally probably had to wear like yoga pants for six months straight. So (laughs) I wouldn't be able to hide the fact that I was pregnant on TV. And I mean, it's, it's tough. Honestly, it's really tough in the industry that I'm in to, to think about being in that position, like how I would handle that, how it, my crew would handle that, how the network would handle that. Like what types of repercussions would we all be under if I was to get pregnant as a woman, because I'm working on an automotive show, we're working with tools and grinders and chemicals and equipment. Is it okay for a six month old pregnant woman to pick up an angle grinder and saw through some metal? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and those are things that like, those things are, those things are on my mind. So, I mean, to say that, having a child or starting a family or all that has never played a factor in my life professionally. I mean, I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't think about those things. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I mean, it's different. It's different. The, the rest of the guys that I work with on set at Garage Squad, they don't, they don't have to worry about that stuff. None of them. Like, because they're going to mm-hmm. come and they're going to do their job no matter what. So if they do have a child or they're, they, they have a family, like that doesn't affect their job at all. Right. So, I mean, it, it is different and it, it's definitely something that has been on my mind. I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm like losing sleep over it again. That's the fly by the seat of my pants type of personality I have. So it's just like, if it happens like, all right, well, I'll just make it work. Right, <laughs> we'll figure <right>. it out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, those are, you know, those are things that I think women in any industry have to take seriously and have to think about like, what are the repercussions of that? How does that change my life? Because it does professionally. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think for being in TV, not that the other industries, it doesn't impact, right? There's clearly impacts. But I think being in TV, it's it's a very pivotal thing. Yeah, yeah. Because if I worked in an office, I'm not saying it doesn't matter because I in no way, shape or form want to take away from what someone does or glorify what I do. But like, if I say like I had an office job and I've had an office job before I had a desk, I sat at it every day, eight to five. And that's what I did. And like, if I was to say, get pregnant, there is no reason that I couldn't do my job. There was no reason why I couldn't come in and sit at my desk and take calls and use my laptop and do my job eight to five every day for as long as I could, or as long as I felt well, given that I didn't have any complications. Right. Whereas with this, with TV, like, I don't know how the hell that would work. (laughs) Like, would they like hide me? Well, in doing what you do, Christy, you guys are working on cars. Like you said that, you know, typing on a computer and operating an angle grinder or working with, you know, paint and fumes and different things like that is very different. Oh yeah. I mean, I was just using like a plasma cutter last week. I mean, I don't know, like maybe I'm not meant to be a mother for this reason. (laughs) Like, is that okay? Like are pregnant ladies supposed to use like heavy machinery? I don't really know. (laughs) (laughs) Did their doctor approve that? (laughs) (laughs) Is that bad? I mean, I think, I think you're not supposed to ride a motorcycle when you're pregnant. And I think that's something Thing that has always stuck in my mind, like my entire life. Like I've had a, a motorcycle endorsement since I was 18 and that's like stuck in my head of like, oh my gosh, if I got pregnant, I'd have to go nine months without riding a motorcycle. And that's like insane to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's what concerns me. <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you at all. And, and I tell you what, th- this conversation's super cool because there's a kind of uh, taboo around society and what women should and shouldn't do, right? Women, you know, have and raise children. And there's some taboo around it. Not, I think it's starting to get debunked, but there's no shame in not having children or not wanting to have children and wanting to pursue your career or just not do it. And I think for women to hear you talk openly about it, it um, demystifies it and gives permission to just follow your heart and wherever that happens to take you. And if that happens to take you down the path of having children, great. And if it doesn't, that doesn't mean you're less than in any way as a woman. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I don't, 
I don't have a master plan, you know, like I'm literally just winging it all the time. So I've just never been that person. That's like, when I grow up, I'm going to get married and have a family and I'm going to do this. And this is what I want to do for a living. And this is the career I want to have. And I want to go to college and get this degree. I've just like never been that girl. So, and that's awesome for the, the men, the women, the children that like actually have that path, even at a young age, like I've just never I've just never been that person. So for me, it's just kind of like, let's just see what happens. So like every, every day, every week, every month, I kind of just go into it with like an open mind frame of just like, I'm not sure where this is going to take me. And right now in my career, it's not a, it's just not a good time for me to try and step back and start a family. And that's not to say that in six weeks that might not change or in six months or in six years. I mean, I think six years might you know, I might have reached my expiration date by then, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, actually I'm only 22, so I've got lots of time. (laughs) You got lots of time. (laughs) Oh yes. Oh, I'm I'm so much time because I'm obviously only in my (laughs) twenties. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, like I want, I want to get my career in a certain spot and not to say that anybody wakes up and like decides that they're ready to start a family or ready to have kids. Cause I don't think I'll ever be ready or that there's ever going to be the perfect time, but I do want to make, put my career in a certain position before I step back to do that, where I know that I can come back and things are going to be the same if I did have to take a break to like raise a family. Well, and you don't strike me as the person, you know, that I need a man. Definitely not. <laughs> Right. So, you know, you could always do artificial insemination if you don't find that right person. And then that's very planned and calculated. But part of it is, do you want to have children? And the other part is finding the right person that you could stand raising children with. (laughs) I say that affectionately. Yeah. I mean, I will share. And I honestly, I don't talk about like my quote unquote personal life very much. Um, If I talked about my personal life a lot, it wouldn't be my personal life. So (laughs) like, I feel like, yeah, like people are like, well, you don't talk about your personal life very much. It's like, well, then it wouldn't be my personal life if I did. (laughs) Or people are like, you never post, it seems like you're never home because you only post stuff when you're on the road. And it's like, well, yeah, because if I posted stuff when I was home, then that wouldn't be like time off for me because then I would just be posting about being home. (laughs) Right. That's my me time, not my let's post on Instagram time. Gotta recharge. Yeah. But maybe that's where, well, I shouldn't say maybe I'm pretty confident that that's where the obsession, like you mentioned, the Google search goes back to where people are constantly curious about my personal life because I have kept it relatively personal and I'm not, it's not that I don't want to share. I just kind of like, I just kind of don't go there. You know what I mean? Um, and that's where that curiosity comes in where people want to know like, well, is she married? Does she have a family? Does she have a significant other? Does she do this? And it's just like, you know, all that stuff will come out at like some point in time. It's just like, I haven't really been you know, I haven't been like the, the poster child for advertising it, <laughs> but I mean, I do have, I do have someone special in my life and, you know, I, we've been together for a long time and I think he would be an amazing father and I think we could have a great family. We just haven't gotten to that point yet. And it is challenging at times because I am on the road a lot. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be lying if I said that wasn't a stress factor in my relationship and anybody's relationship. Yeah. 
but you know, we cope with it. And that's part of having like a really strong support system is that someone, you know, is by your side no matter what, and you're going to get through it no matter what. There's a lot to be said just for having that rock. My partner and I have been together for six years and she is my rock. And it's it's one of those things where she's very much an introvert. I'm very much an extrovert. So being <laughs> in crowds and speaking, like that's I feel at home doing that. That is not her bag at all. <laughs> it's like go go do your thing. I'll stay back here and you know, but having that rock at home and it doesn't have to be over publicized. It's it's really no one's damn business. But I just found that humorous that Googling that I'm like, what the hell? Like <laughs> Yeah. Obsess much, but uh wow. Yeah. It's the truth though, because I really try to keep it personal. Like I try to keep my personal life personal. Um, because I feel like if I don't, if I expose all of my life, then then I don't have that. What's yours then? Yes. That is like escape. And yeah. the funny thing is, is I feel like I'm I mean, obviously I think you could say like in the time that you've met me and the time we've talked, like clearly I'm an, a huge extrovert. Like I can pretty much talk to anybody at any point in time or anywhere. Like I can have a conversation with a fence post and I won't be yeah. embarrassed about it. Like I'm yes. just, that's me. Um, I'm yes. like, nothing embarrasses me. I'm like, I know who I am. I know what I'm about. And like, no one's ever going to take that away from me. Like, this is it. <laughs> and that's cool. But like, not a lot of people are like that. And it's interesting because I feel like I do get so much attention, I guess would be the best way to say it. Like so much attention, like on TV and on the road and at events when I actually am home. And when I'm with my friends, I'm so much more of an introvert. I'm so much more reserved. Like I don't want to be the center of attention. I don't yes. want to be like standing up in front of everybody and taking control. Like I, I kind of find myself becoming more reserved and stepping back and not being yeah. the decision maker or like the number one or, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's, I guess like my, my personal side kind of like crawls back in the snail shell, like when I'm home and yeah. I'm okay with that. Like I'm totally okay with that. It's like recharging. Yes, I totally get that. Yeah, it's needed. So, Christy, people have talked about it. People are curious. And I asked you before this call started, people are curious about All Girls Garage because you did that for, what, eight years? Does that sound about right? Eight seasons. Oh, yeah. Eight seasons. Eight seasons, right? Eight and, years. Yeah, eight years. And people are curious. Why are you not on it? I absolutely can't stand Bogey and Faye. They're just evil, awful, horrible people. And I had to leave the show to get the hell away from them. That's what people want to hear, right? Like, that's what, that's what like, everybody wants to hear. <laughs> I didn't pick up any sarcasm in that at all. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I feel like that's what people want to hear. Like, I had some huge fallout I know. with the girls or like some major drama with the network or like, you know, I wanted like $8 million or something. And they were like, we're not giving you that money. So I had to stiff arm them and walk away from the show. No, like, honestly, it was really, it really came down to, and I said this both publicly and personally to like anybody and everybody, I even put this up on my social media. It came down to self-preservation. I about killed myself last year with my work schedule. Like, I don't know how I survived 2019 because I was hosting 
an all girls garage. I hosted garage squad. I also co-hosted the Barrett Jackson auctions on top of like the 20 plus different automotive clients that I have on top of motorcycle racing on top of like, I think I did like eight car shows or something on top of SEMA. So like I had all this stuff going on last year alone. I was shooting another TV show as well on top of that. So technically I was shooting four TV shows and I mean, like, that's insane. So I was traveling. Yeah, I know. I'm so lazy. I was traveling (laughs) all the time. We had 70 shoot days alone of Garage Squad. We had nine weeks of All Girls Garage, five weeks of Barrett Jackson. And that was just those three shows on top of all the other things that I do. And, like, I was never home. Just a reminder to everyone that there's only 52 weeks in a year. (laughs) (laughs) You just rattled off all that. Yeah. Just want to check there. I didn't stop from like January one until the last work trip that I took in 2019 was the end of November or like mid November, maybe, maybe right before Thanksgiving. And that was Saudi Arabia. And that was my last work trip for 2019. And then I finally got to rest. That's insane. Who does that? I had no personal time. I had piles of laundry. My house was a disaster all the time. I never friends. What are those? What are friends? I'm not sure what those are. And like, you know, my friends, my family, my significant other, like I didn't get to see anybody. My dog, my dog's like, who are you? (laughs) I hardly remember you. (laughs) So it's like, you have to like take a step back and say like, is, is it really worth it? Like I've been doing this crazy, insane work schedule for so many years now. And it just kept getting crazier and more insane. And every year I just kept telling myself next year's going to be different. Next year's going to be different. I'm going to dial back. I'm going to dial back. And I'm like the worst at saying no. So I just kept doing it. And I had to come into 2020 with the, with change. I had to do it for my own best interest of, I cannot do this again. Like I just need I need to, I need to take a step back. Like I just need some me time. And I basically kind of went to like the network and said just that, like, I need me time. I can't do this. What can we do to like make 2020 work? And for them, they thought it was best for me to be on garage squad since I was a new addition with the show, um, that my, my skill sets were needed here. And that's not to say that they weren't needed at all girls garage, but just at the time, that was the decision that was best for both of us. And I hated mm-hmm. to leave the show. I hated to not be part of it. I absolutely adore Faye and Bogey. Like I consider them the bestest of friends. So, and the production company, I've considered myself close friends with them. They're like family. So there's no hard feelings whatsoever. It literally just came down to me trying to survive another year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Barrett Jackson, the contract didn't get renewed with Motor Trend for the, the TV rights. So that one was, I want to say, wiped off my schedule. That kind of made that an easy decision because it wasn't even in the mix. And then my plan coming into 2020 was I was going to host Garage Squad. And then I was just going to kind of like take it easy and have some time to, you know, still do some personal things, maybe interject some new projects. Um, I'm shooting a couple other projects as well. And I knew all of that going into 2020 and that was the plan. And then, you know, boom, COVID, the COVID pandemic thing. happened. <laughs> yeah. And basically since like the end of May to now, like I've been traveling every week, I'm flying two or three times a week again. It's the same craziness that I dealt with last year. It's like deja vu, but you know, well, it is maybe it is. you got a couple months <laughs> A couple months of breather and being blessed by the pandemic to recharge. Yes. I think I was like the, one of the only people 
like only person alive that was loving being stuck at home for three months. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> Everyone's like, Oh, I'm so bored at home. This is so boring. I'm like, this is amazing. Can we do this another <laughs> six months? Like yeah. I am home. I'm recharged. I'm rested. I'm getting other projects, like personal projects done. I renovated my entire bathroom. Like I got so I renovated my basement. I got all this stuff done at my house. Like things that I wanted to do, like my own personal stuff, like that three months was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations on the projects. And in the spirit of getting you back to working more, I, I think maybe we could launch into the red line round. It's just five rapid fire questions. There's no right or wrong answer to them. Whatever pops into your head is the right Ooh. answer. Are you ready? Okay. Yep. Who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry? Oh, wow. I mean, I hate to be like super, you know, stereotypical, like right out of the page of a magazine article, but like definitely my parents, uh, my mom and my dad. I mean, my dad has been inspirational coming from like an automotive background. Um, and even though that wasn't always directly a part of my life, it is now in my later years. And I love that. And, you know, that's a connection that we have. Um, and my mom, my mom is like this tiny little five foot Italian soft-spoken woman, but she is like the strongest of strong people, probably the strongest person I know. And, you know, she's been a huge inspiration and both of them have been huge supporters of mine, um, both professionally and personally my entire life. That is not cliche at all, Christy. I, I think it's I think it's awesome. A lot of people pick a famous person, and I love that you identified your folks. What should I say? I should have said like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He's my inspiration because he's got like rock solid abs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I vote for your five foot nothing in your words, Italian mom. And she probably makes some killer food, too. Does she make killer food? She does make killer food. My grandma did, too. Like, the, the oh. food food is strong in the family, yeah. Like I heard Italian, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love to cook, and because I'm Italian, I'm a food pusher. So if anybody ever shows up to my house, you're getting fed. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, my partner's Puerto Rican, so oh, if you don't thing. eat, you you get it. you're offending people. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Number two, where do you go, or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new, or you get stuck? Ooh, I definitely tap into well, two things: either someone else who knows what they're doing and can help me, so I love learning new things from people. Um, and then later down the road, I love to be able to pass on those new things that I've learned from someone else to someone else who's now trying to learn from me. Um, so I kind of I love that like chain of learning things and um, you know being hands on, and I think that's obviously like why I really love automotive in general, because that's just kind of the gist of it. No one, you know, comes out of the womb and knows everything about cars. So you just have to learn. Um, and that's probably what intrigues me the most about it. Um, and then, you know, like shamelessly, my other way of learning is like straight up Google. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah. Especially home improvement projects. Oh yeah. If I don't know something, Google is going to find it for me. I'm like, I'm like a Google wizard. Like if you're looking for something, even here on this like garage squad set, like all the time, like if the guides are looking for a certain part or something like really specific, or even like the installation instructions on something very specific, I'm like, I got you. Like, I'm going to find it. Like I'm going to find that diagram like <laughs> for that part. <laughs> I'm the master Googler. Yes. <laughs> 
All right. Number three, what excites you the most about what you do? Oh, man. Um, just like being around people in general. Like I'm obviously a people person. Um, I love being able to like tell a story, like be part of something, working on camera with other people and like just having fun. I don't know, just like being around people and like all that just happens to get captured on camera and then other people get entertained by like us just being people. I don't know. Like, I think that's really cool. So it's probably a big part of what I love. Um, I mean, I definitely miss reporting too, because that was something that I loved was like interviewing people and telling a story and getting to know them. I'm like the worst with like being a favorites person. Like there's lots of things that I love and things that intrigue Mm -hmm. me about what I do. So I guess that would be one of them. It's hard. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to narrow it down. Totally. Totally. Number four, what is a personal habit or practice that has helped you significantly in the industry when you feel stuck or discouraged? A personal habit. Ooh, I mean, that would be my like insane, crazy organization skills. Um, Even though like no one else could possibly ever understand it or be organized using my methods of organization. It's like organized chaos for me, but it works. And I can attribute that to my success and my diligence. Um, I'm, I like, I have to write everything down. I don't do anything electronically. I'm literally keeping the day planner people alive by buying day planners. (laughs) You and me both, Christy. You and me both. (laughs) I'm keeping... All right. We're keeping the company afloat. I love it. Um, So like I have to write everything down. I also have this like massive notebook where I'm like constantly taking notes, writing stuff down. I send myself text messages as notes too, like as reminders. So it's just that like constant diligence, perseverance, and like the squeaky wheel always gets the grease. That's been like my biggest thing is my diligence, my organization, and just like never giving up of like circling back with people, following up with them, like asking another question, like just being able to work with people and, and really just manage people has helped me a lot in my career and like staying on top of all of that. Love it. And finally, what is your parting advice to other femcanics finding their way in the automotive industry? You can do anything that you want to do. Like you, if you put your mind to it, you can do it. And like, you're going to have ups and you're going to have downs, whatever it is that you want to do. But like, if you just put your head down and stay true to yourself, you're going to be able to do it. And, you know, lean on people. Like I haven't done this by myself. You know, like I've leaned on people a lot for, for help, for advice, um, for insight, for ideas, for emotional support, for professional support. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. You need other people to get by in life. So, you know, tap into that. Like that's a, that's a valuable resource. Other coworkers, friends, family, people that, you know, people that you might not know so well, other people have helped me a lot to get where I am today. When you first started off, Christy, the first thing that popped into my head is, uh, I think it's Waterboy. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. <laughs> I by have. Adam Sandler. They actually filmed a part of it in my hometown in Deland, Florida, oddly enough. There you go. And <laughs> the part where he's like, you can do it. <laughs> it's, it's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, you can do it. And I'm like, okay, all right, pay attention, James, pay attention. Uh, it's my ADHD kicking in. But um, <laughs> Christy, where and how can people connect with you? All right, shameless plug time. I love it. Um, the easiest way to connect with me is probably on Instagram because that's where I'm the most active. So that's at 
Christy Lee 09. Um, and then I'm also on Facebook, um, Christy Lee official. And then um, I do use Twitter still, just not very much. That's also at Christy Lee 09. Or you can check me out on my website, Christy Lee.tv. But definitely Instagram, that's kind of what I'm the most active on. And make a note, people, so you're not accidentally following the porn star. <laughs> right? Yes. Very important to note. <laughs> Very important. Pay attention. I'll make sure it's in the show notes, the proper handles. <laughs> I love it. I love Christy, it. Christy, thank you so much for being in the driver's seat today and um, risking a lunch to uh, connect with the Femcanic community. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. It was great to chat. Absolutely. Hey guys, what's up? I'm Christy Lee and I'm a Femcanic. Teresa Contreras is in the driver's seat next. This is what our friend Jesse Combs had to say about Teresa and probably sums it up best. Her custom paintwork has graced the SEMA show floor and cover stories of top magazines numerous times, has been seen in action on TV. She continues to collaborate on massive projects with some of the best of the best in the industry. Her motivational vigor resonates with all who are exposed to her beautiful drive for success. Femcanics, this is a dynamic interview you will not want to miss. Until next time, Femcanics. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femcanic?